Welcome to the Lorraine Murphy Show. I'm a mentor, four times author, leader of my Bull Darling Mastermind for female entrepreneurs, retreat host, and I've gotten to host this podcast for five years. As with all of my work, this show is to serve female entrepreneurs who want to optimize their energy and their mindsets in order to build the businesses and lives of their dreams. I've walked this entrepreneurial path for 11 years now, and I can tell you that there is a way to have a business you love and still have the space and time for all the other parts of your life that make you, you. Whether your number one priority right now is to scale your business, upgrade your finances, rediscover yourself, find more energy, get more organized, reconnect with yourself, or build a life and or business that's more aligned for you, or all of the above, I am here as your guide on the show to help you make it a reality. Listen in on my dulcet Irish tones as I share tales from the front line of my business and mentoring, behind the scenes insights on how I'm approaching life and business, and speak with brilliant expert guests. Search The Lorraine Murphy Show wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode drops every Friday. Subscribe to make sure you always catch the freshest episodes. Let's dive in to this week's show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. Now, before we kick into this very, very special episode, I want to remind you that my free training, The Bold Breakthrough, is kicking off this Monday, 18th of September. Each day for five days, I'm tackling a specific business trouble spot in just five minutes a day. So I'll be talking about marketing, sales, energy management, support, and system. So if you are currently feeling a bit lost, a bit stuck in your business, this is going to be the absolute ticket to helping you get unblocked and get clear and really get those breakthroughs to enable you to get your business to that next level that I know you're seeking. You can sign up for free at lorrainemurphy.com.au forward slash TBB, the bold breakthrough. All right, let's talk about this week's episode. I am so excited to bring you two very, very special women from my bold darling community, Elke and also Anna Louise, because preparing a business baby for a human baby coming along is no mean feat. And it can be even trickier when you're trying to figure it out all by yourself. And I know how difficult that is because I wrote a book about everything I experienced as I navigated that journey. That's my third book, baby, you're remarkable. So I'm really thrilled to be bringing you this conversation with two women who have both very recently traversed this same path as in within the last year. Anna Louise Mool is founder of Balanced Bodies Lifestyle Clinic, a clinic in Sydney and now proud mama to Frankie. Elke Honish is the founder of Power Body for Life, which provides online personal training for pre and postpartum women and is now also mama to gorgeous William. In our chat, we cover their different routes to business and family, Anna being more established before she had her family, while Elke started her business on maternity leave. Their initial thoughts, fears, excitements, trepidations about bringing an actual baby to join their business babies, how they prepared their businesses for baby's arrival and the elements that actually surprised them in that process. And let's just say it didn't all go to plan. Who they leaned on for advice as they embarked on their entrepreneurial mama journeys, the reality versus the vision of post-baby, post-business life. And finally, this was really, really powerful. One thing that I would each say to someone who has a business and wants to one day start a family, or one thing that they would want to say to someone who wants their own business one day and also wants a family. So I really, really hope this episode helps you if you've got a, a desire to one day have your own business and have a family, and also that it really provides some solidarity <laughs> and reassurance and resonates with you if you're already on that path. So I want to say, first of all, thank you so much to Elke and also to Anna Louise for being so generous with their experience. This is a really, really special conversation. All right. Let's bring it on. Hello, Anna. Hello, Elke. Welcome to the Lorraine Murphy Show. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much. Oh, so good to have you. I always get a bit like confused when I'm on sessions with Bold Darling members that find you in podcast interviews because I kind of kick into Bold Darling mode. I'm like, welcome to Bold Darling. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, Lorraine, it's your podcast. It's your podcast. So I'm really excited for today's topic because as I was just sharing, 
just there as, as, as I hit record, our little boy Wilder is now two. So we've now got a six-year-old and a two-year-old, which is just crazy. So my, I guess my experience, that hands-on experience of being in those decision around, okay, are we starting a family? I've already got a business. How do you, know, how do, how does this even look? What's, how's this going to happen? And then realizing that you know, when you are pregnant and then you're planning your business for around the baby and then the baby arrives. And so there's just so much figuring out and so much uncertainty. So I'm really excited to have this conversation because both of you are still like really quite reasonably fresh from, from that experience and kind of a similar life stages as well in terms of baby ages. So Elke, what age is William now? He turns one next Monday. And Anna, how about you? How far in are you? Frankie will be six months old next week. Six yeah. months. So yeah, you're still kind of yeah. really, really in it. It's still really fresh. So I'd love to talk about as part of today's session, you know, what has been your experience? I think there's so much pressure on women now to be the super one, you know, have the business, have the kids and make it all look super effortlessly, effortless and super seamless. And it's a really tall order. And there's also not a huge amount of models I found when I was thinking about starting a family. There wasn't a lot of models around, okay, what does this look like to successfully, you know, whatever our own in individual interpretation of success is, what does it look like to have a family and a business? And what's that interplay between them? I call the blend. So yeah, re really excited to get into this because I think also a lot of women will hold off on either starting a business or hold off on starting a family because they can't quite see how the hell it's all going to work. So Anna, can I jump to you first? Would you share a little bit about your background and your business? Yeah, of course. So I am an exercise physiologist by trade and started my business 10 years ago. So I was pretty new as an EP. I was only sort of two years since graduating. And even during my uni course, I, I was interested in starting a business. I think in our final year, we could do an elective and you could choose one of the, the business subjects. So I always had it in me to go down that path. I just didn't think that it would happen as soon as it yeah, did. So, it's really quite uh, early, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still, you know, very fresh learning clinically what to do and and where I wanted to go with that. But I guess even from the clinical front, the two areas that I've spe specialized in are women's health and oncology, so a uh, cancer rehab. And there wasn't really a career pathway for either one of them. So I couldn't really see, I guess, any businesses that I wanted to apply for or jobs that I wanted to apply for. And at the time of starting my business, I was working part-time in a Pilates studio uh, in an EP exercise physiology practice, and then also working part-time at my friend's jewelry store. So a real mix of different things <laughs> just to keep it interesting. And then, yeah, an opportunity became available to work out of a, a fitness studio, but the team there were a group of exercise physiologists and exercise scientists who all had their own individual um, businesses. So I was the only female EP going into that team. And yeah, I guess it was real a real opportunity for me to narrow down into my my niche and what I was passionate about, and go from there. So there was lots of learning very quickly. I had yeah no idea what I was doing on the business front. So yeah, lots of lots of quick learning, and that's kind of grown from being a solo practitioner in that fitness space through to now having so ten ten years on my business turned 10 in February, which was the same month that my daughter Frankie was born. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It just also time just goes very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess one thing I've realized. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and you, so Mindy. now I guess, yeah, the business is a multidisciplinary practice. So we've got exercise, physiology, physio, dietetics, and massage mm -hmm. and no longer just me in the business either. Yes. So how many have you got on the team now? I've got to try and think. Ten of us. Ten. Awesome. And then just yeah. so everyone, just in case anyone's like, oh, I, I should go see them. Whereabouts are you based? Where's the clinic? We're based in Cremorne in Sydney. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. So Elke, can I jump to you? Can you give us a background? So I think you've had a, a very varied career background to date. Can you fill us in? What's your yes, story? Sure. So very, very different than to Anna. So I've worked in a corporate world for a very long time before I decided to start my business. 
So I'm also a financial advisor. And when we lived back in Sydney, that's what I did. And so my idea about having my own business has grown for a really, really long time. So I thought back about the time, I think when we started working together the first time, I was in my financial planning role and we did the five years visionary board. And I Mm. said to you, one of my dreams is to be a PT, so to be a personal trainer. And when you said that, so just so everyone knows, you were you and I did some one-on-one mentoring. And then after that, then you joined Bill Darling. But when you said, I want to be a PT, I was kind of like, sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. And you're in your fully like suited and booted corporate yeah. outfit. Like, yeah, I couldn't see it. Yeah, funny. exactly. So fitness has always been my my life passion. And that's why I always had it as a dream to be a personal trainer. And so I didn't really pursue it, had hundreds of reasons why not to do. I already had my career, but then COVID hit. And during this time, because we couldn't travel, I couldn't do anything else. I was like, okay, that's the time I'm, I'm going to become a qualified PT. And when I started training with clients in a gym, I just really, really loved it. It felt so much easier than compared to my financial advisor role. Just, yeah, I just really loved it. But still at this time, once I was qualified, I didn't pursue my career change. I was still in financial advising. And then a really personal event happened and I really felt like this kind of woke me up. So during this time, my dad had a stroke, my sister wasn't well, and then I personally wasn't well. So I really had to stop for a moment and really rethink my life. It was like, what am I doing? Like I'm, I was just turning 30 and I was like, am I happy with my life? And that really, really wasn't. And that's when I decided, okay, that's it. Probably that's a sign and I'm going to do what I really want to do. And that's when I decided I'm going to go part-time with my financial planning role and I'm going to start working at a gym. So I went through application, everything, got a role in a really, really cool gym. And I think about three to four weeks later, I found out that I was pregnant (laughs) and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Like this was not the plan. And long story short, in the end, I didn't take the role in the gym just because I thought I can't commit to what they were uh, wanting from me. And that's that was the moment when my business idea was born because I chatted to a friend and I was really afraid of giving up this dream of being a personal trainer. And she was like, why are you not starting your own business? Like you've got everything that you need. And that was it. So at this stage, I think I was like five, six weeks pregnant. I said, okay, this is the time I'm going to start my own business. And that's when it all started. So what is the business? So the business is called Power Body for Life. And so what I do is I'm a pre and postnatal fitness coach. So I specialize in training and working with women who are either pregnant or who recently had a baby and want to get back to exercising. And it really came because of my own experience during pregnancy and also the postpartum stage that there is not enough support out there. Like Mm. on the one hand, there's so much information out there, but to be honest, you don't know what you, what you can do, what you should be doing. And that's why I was already overwhelmed, but I was a PT. So I did the pre and postnatal qualification because I really wanted to know what is allowed, what is safe to do, what should you be doing? How can you make sure that you had a re- have a really good uh, recovery? And because I always knew that I want to work with women, I then decided that's it. That's going to be my specialization. And so Power Body for Life is really all about helping women during this stage. I actually hadn't realized when I was putting together this interview, as in who I was going to ask through this interview, you actually, your businesses are so complimentary. Yeah. And the reason I actually reached out to both of you is that, Anna, I think you're such a good example of someone who chose to have a baby and you start a family with a very established business. And Elke, you actually came from a different perspective. You found out you were pregnant and then started your business. So yeah, yeah, re- really nice. But yet what you do and the mission you're both on to support women, particularly now, Anna, you're, as you said, women's health is a key focus for you. Yeah, it's really complimentary. I love it. So Anna, would love to jump back to you. So as I said, you had a very, you still do obviously, but when you decided to start a family, you had a very established business. And if you're happy to share, you know, what was the thought process or the intentionality around, okay, I've got the business, now I want to think about the baby. How did that kind of decision come to be? Yeah, so I think even from early on starting my business, I knew that I always wanted to start a family. So even if I think back to early days working out of that fitness studio, I used to do crazy hours. I did, you know, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. And pretty early on, I knew that that was not a sustainable way to work 
even when I was single, but if I thought about going forward, if I'm going to start a family, that's, you know, I want to be available for them and around for them and things like that. So, yeah, pretty early on, I realized that I needed a team around me. And that's also one of the, although people can be one of the most challenging parts of business, it's also one of the parts that I really enjoy. So mentoring and I guess finding the right people who are going to be in the right roles within, within your business as well. So yeah, sort of hired, I think I was maybe three years into my business and hired my first team member. And then we grew from there in terms of the decision to start a family. So my partner and I actually only met in 2021. So I think we'd only been dating for two or three months. And then we went into COVID lockdown and we had moved in together quite soon as well. So it was, I guess, from the outside, we did move pretty quickly. But, you know, from the word go, it was something that we both knew that we wanted to be together. Pretty early on, we had discussions about family and that was something that we both really wanted. So it was never, I guess, because I had put in place different things within the business and I knew that one day I would be stepping back in some capacity. Yeah, I didn't really think twice as to whether or not the business could handle me stepping away and 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 starting a family. So, yeah. So I never knew that. That's fascinating. I guess, uh, yeah. So our daughter was born on our two-year anniversary. Holy crap. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's such a good story to tell her one day. And I, I love yeah. that, you know, as much as the pregnancy kind of happened, the, the, the baby, the family came about a lot quicker than maybe you would have expected really what you were doing over the, what, the eight years up until that point, I guess. Yeah. By the time you would have gotten eight and a half years up until that point, it it was always, the intention was always held that this business would enable you to have a family at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, as I said, such a flip for you, Elke, because I mean, I think for many people, when they found out that they were pregnant, many women, they might actually have the opposite reaction to what you had and be very much, okay, I'll stick with what I know. I'll stay in the financial planning career, financial advice career. And, you know, in a few years time, I'll revisit the the business idea. Did you have any thoughts like that? Just keeping things same? Or were you straight away like, nah, this is my cue to go? So when I found out that I was pregnant for a moment, I was terrified that I would let go of starting my own business. But at this stage, because of everything that happened before, I knew that going back to financial planning was not the right thing for me. So I, I was a little bit afraid of am I going to be able to do it all, like to have a baby and to have a business? But at the same time, I knew going back is not going to make me happy. On the one hand, it kind of helped me to get through it because I felt safe in terms of if the business doesn't work out, I still have another career and I know I could go back anytime. But within myself, I knew it wouldn't be the right decision. But it was a very different story than Anna had because deciding for me to have a family was a really, really long process. So I think my husband was ready five years ago while I was not. It it was something that you mentioned in the beginning that I was really afraid of. It's either my career or it's having a a family. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't see both things at the same time working out. And so it took me a really, really long time to really decide, no, okay, let's give it a try. And when we decided to try for having a family, I was still in financial planning. I was still in this very safe network and I knew exactly what I was doing and I could see where my career would go. But of course, pregnancy is something that you can't really plan. So I planned everything out, but it didn't work at all. And then when I made all these life changes and I didn't expect to get pregnant, suddenly it happened. So yeah, it was a different story than than Anna had. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I love that, that the polar opposites of your businesses your experiences. So Anna, what did you do? So I know you were building the business to be quite systemized to operate to to an extent without you. But I know and, and a huge part of your experience in Bold Darling in the run-up to Frankie's arrival was really getting the business ready for you to step out. I know I think for like two quarterly planning days in a row, that was the big focus for Anna was like, okay, this is what <laughs> needs to happen next. So what were the key steps that you did once you knew you were expecting what were the key steps that you took in order to really prepare the business to to operate without you? Yeah, so we basically did like I guess we've always had things systemized and a lot 
in place in the business. So at various times, I guess I have stepped back a little bit, but I've always been there as a backup. So I really wanted to get it, it to get to get it to a point where if need be, I would be completely uncontactable and the team would be completely fine running things, you know, unless there was a huge, huge drama that they needed to contact me for. So yeah, we just kind of doubled down on all of our systems, refreshed everything. So it was all up to date because it, it probably got a little bit muddled with all the, the COVID years. I spent a lot of time training up our practice manager and also really ensuring all of my team had the support around them. So we trained up one of my team members to take on all of the clinical mentoring and also running our student program. So two things that I I would normally do. I also did a lot of work with each of my team. So they essentially took on, so I guess a big part of bringing clients in the door with our business is our referral relationships. And that's always been something that I've done quite a lot of. So we did put a lot into training the team up to build their own referral networks. So I guess it was a lot of work in teaching them how to do that, teaching them how to sell themselves, which traditionally is not something health yeah. practitioners are very <laughs> comfortable doing. But, you know, and even with teaching them how to sell themselves, it was reframing things for them. So they didn't feel like sales were sleazy or, or anything like that. It was all about you know, how can we reach more people and help more people? That was our our main mission. And they did amazing with that, stepping up to that challenge. And that's still something like I haven't had to go back and touch that side of the mm. business. They're still keeping regular touch points with all of their referrers and, and things like that. Brilliant. Can I and just touch on that, was- Anna, that point that you just made around, yeah. you know, I think often when we're preparing our businesses for us to step out and you know the business baby for us to step out and have the, the real the human baby and I think we can say okay I'll hand this over to the team temporarily and I'll take it back when I come back and something that I've worked with a lot particularly with my one-on-one mentees when we work together around getting businesses ready for babies is to say well like let's see this rather than it's almost like you're bringing in a locum for a few months Like, why don't you see this as an opportunity to give yourself a permanent promotion in your business? So if the things that you're doing that maybe aren't in the highest and best value for the business, or you don't necessarily enjoy them, or there's things that you could be doing that would actually make a lot more sense for you to invest your time doing, why not actually build your team for when the baby comes to permanently take that on so that whatever you do choose to come back in, whenever you do come in back into the business, you know, assuming that you step out for a period of time, Whatever you're doing then, it's the things that are really, really potent and are really going to have you feeling excited to go back into your business. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I just wanted to catch that when you said that because I thought it was a really, really powerful point that you just shared. That referral process is such a great example of something that the team can keep running with that now. It's not just because you're back in the business, you need to automatically grip it back up again. There was something else you were going to share as well around that preparation process. And, and Elke, for you then, I guess, as, as we said, your experience is quite different. So really yours was about knowing you were pregnant. Yeah. And how would you plan this business around having a baby? Yeah. So it's like the DNA of the baby was William. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, that's business, so sorry, the DNA of the business was William and maybe the um, other way around as well. So when I think back about it, I think that pretty much the first thing that I did was sign up for Bold Darling. So I really knew that I needed accountability. I needed someone to kind of guide me what I need to do to really make it happen. Because as I said in the beginning, one of my biggest fear was that I would actually drop it and that I would just go completely in baby mode and baby thinking that I would no longer pursue my dream. And so I signed up for Bold Darling and what my goal was that I wanted to plan everything out, what I needed to do to make their business launch ready. So it was all about my branding. It was about getting a website. It was about starting Instagram because all my coaching is done online. So I really wanted to create like this online brand and really think about the values that I wanted to bring to this business. And that's what I did. So I made a plan about what I wanted to achieve up to, I think it was one month prior to baby's due date. But then I also made a plan of what would I like to do once I'm ready to get back into it. So 
it really was about first getting it ready to launch and then what does it look like once I can go back and, and start working again. And especially the plan for what it looks like afterwards really helped me to get back into it because it kind of took the overwhelm out of it. Like if you think about you're in baby land and then suddenly you need to go back and start your own business, you can feel really overwhelmed, like where shall I start? And so having this plan really helped me to get back into it. And so, yeah, that was all the process that I did in terms of preparing for baby's arrival. Yeah. I think what you shared is something similar to what I just touched on with Anna, that by getting the momentum that you got while you were still pregnant, it meant that, as you said, you weren't looking at the business after having William going, oh my God, there's so much yeah. I still need to do. And so there's something I think really powerful around on the other side of the, you know, coming back into a business after having a baby, whether it's a new business or more established, there's something very powerful about creating that compelling future for yourself, that it's, it's a business that you're excited to go back into, whether you're excited because you've already done a lot of the heavy lifting and starting your business because the website's done and your Instagram presence is established, or Anna, for you, knowing that you've handed over some of those core roles that enable you then to really, as I said, give yourself a promotion really in your business. I want to take a very quick break from this week's episode to introduce you to another of my wonderful Bold Darling members, Natalie Rayner, who is the founder of N21 Events, which is a project management and events specialist agency, which is based in Canberra. Natalie joined my Bold Darling Mastermind in October last year. So let's hear what she has to say about being a member. Bold Darling has helped me plan more strategically and identified areas of workflow that could be more effective, rather than constantly switching modes and feeling drained and inefficient. If you've been considering mentoring or coaching, then joining Bold Darling is 100% the best first step you could make. You'll be empowered with all the tools, tips and tricks to work through all the things that have been holding you back so you can move forward and be your best in business and life. Thank you so much for your beautiful, kind words, Natalie. Love your energy and your cool jumpers that you wear on our live sessions. <laughs> Bold Darling Doors will be opening very soon. Maybe they're opening next week. You didn't hear that here. And I would really love for you to explore membership when doors do open. All right, let's get back to this week's episode. So I'd love to ask you about one of my cousins is due her first baby. Actually, as this episode's going live, she'll probably have already had her baby. But myself and Wade went out for dinner with her and her husband the other night. And it'll probably be like our last probably double date before the baby comes. And I was just really talking to them about, you know, the level of uncertainty that we have when you just don't know anything. You don't know unless obviously you've got a, a plan to say, and you don't know when the baby's going to be born. You don't know how long you're going to be in labor for. You don't know how long the birth, you know, what the, what the birth's going to be like. You don't know how you're going to feel post, how the baby's going to be post. There's just so much uncertainty just in having a baby alone. And then you add the layer of that to you've also got a business that needs to fit around the baby in some way. Like the uncertainty, it, it can be paralyzing. Anna, did you experience, how did you manage to navigate that uncertainty when you were expecting? There was definitely times where there was a lot of anxiety. I think because in business, I'm a very planned person and I'm used to planning things and, and execute, executing it. And I guess and being in control. Yes, being <laughs> in control. <laughs> so I had to learn to let, let go a lot. So I think that, yeah, that was a big lesson. I think I even remember maybe I was, oh, what was I, maybe like tw around 20 weeks pregnant and I had gone through a lot of in terms of my planning and felt really good about where I was and then, I know, something threw me for a few weeks and I went into a little bit of a and an anxious spiral with, you know, what happens if this happens, you know, all that wherever your head can go. And one of the best things that really helped to, I guess, ground me was a lot of the learnings from Bold Darling and from Lorraine, but also some of my girlfriends who are in business as well and, and have kids. So yes. even just sort of, you know, talking to people who've had that experience mm. and being able to bounce ideas off of them and get out of your own head was, yeah, incredibly helpful to sort of know, okay, I've put a lot in place. There's going to be a lot that I'll probably just have to go with the flow and let go. And that is totally fine. Very wise words. Elke, how about you? Who, do, who did you lean on for advice when you were preparing? You know, you're in this really exciting life stage. 
So I would say business-wise, it was Paul Darling. So I had you, but also we had the accountability group. And so within the group, we had, I think there were two women who already had babies. So that was a huge support. And then on the other hand, I also had a doula. And so I started working with the doula, I think, when I was 20, 25 weeks pregnant. So in terms of all the uncertainty around having a baby, that's where I leaned on. Like whatever questions I had, instead of Googling it and trying to figure it out yourself, I just went straight to her. And that was mm. huge for me. Like, and also on the postpartum phase. So having the doula around someone who really knows you, who knows your character, who knows what is important to you and who also knows and you can talk to about being worried, being anxious, really, really helped me. And for her, I think why I really, really liked her. She's also a business uh, woman. So she has four kids, but she also has her own business. And I just really, really like seeing that, that, oh my God, yes, you can have kids at the same time while having a business. And that was just really, really good support. So I had support for the business, but then also for my personal life. I love that, that dual-sided approach. And I think so much of it, yeah, I think you both said this without actually saying it. So much of it is obviously getting the advice. And as you said, Anna, getting out of your own head. But I think so much of it's just having living, breathing women who are walking that path. You know, they have yeah. the business, they have the baby. And yes, they're not doing it perfectly, but they're there. <laughs> yeah. They're existing at least. Like you just to know that that's a reality that you can also achieve, I think is really, really powerful. You know, there's that quote, and I've quoted so much, and I'm sure you've both heard it a million times that whole idea of, you know, we cannot be what we cannot see. If you cannot see a living, breathing example of something, it's very hard then to reconcile how you could then go and create that thing, whatever it is, whether it's business, family, whatever it might be. And would love to ask you then, of course, so we can go into these things you're talking of uncertainty, right? Okay, well, this is my plan and this is how I want it to be and, you know, full control. And of course, it's going to go my way. And then there's the reality that then hits. And I think, I know, from my experience with both babies and coming back into two different businesses with each baby. So Lexi, I had my first business, Wilder was the second one. And, and there's stuff that you don't plan for, you don't expect that when it materializes, you're like, oh, okay, this wasn't in the plan. <laughs> so Elke, what was the reality like for you once William was here? I think the first few weeks into having a baby were completely different than I thought it would be. I really struggled with breastfeeding and I had no idea how hard it is and how painful it is and like everything else that is involved. So the first six weeks, I pretty much just lived day to day and really hoped that we would all survive. And then once that was settled, um, slowly like life became a little bit more normal. I think the other really, really big surprise for me was that a baby doesn't sleep when you want it to sleep. And <laughs> that pretty much changed my whole plan because around four months into postpartum, I wanted to start working again. But William slept completely different each day. So my plan was that, oh, he is going to sleep two to four hours every day. Well, no, he was not. That is so hard to get your head around. Exactly. And for me, it was this uncertainty that drove me crazy about not knowing, am I going to be able to do it? Like all the to-dos that I've got on my list or am I not? And so... I and think then you add into that that you're Austrian. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> extra um, challenging. Exactly. Like for me, everything needs to be planned out and I like to have everything on time. In control. Yeah. Yes. And on time, which with a baby is just not realistic. And so very quickly, I think about five months postpartum, I then decided I needed help. So we then decided to hire a nanny. And that was the next thing. I was always so sure that getting help, getting a nanny would be super easy for me, but it was not like for. I don't know, five days, I looked at the agency's application and I wasn't ready. Like I really had this mom's guilt of, should I really be doing it? He's still so small. But then in the end, I was like, no, this is stressing me out too much of doing both at the same time. I, I need some structure in my life. And yeah, we hired a nanny. As soon as I saw her, I was like, okay, that's awesome. That's going to work. And from there on, then I started working and getting more structure into it. And yeah, we are still adjusting to it, but it, it's getting a lot better. Yeah, I love that. I love that babies don't just get the sleep memo and go to sleep. No, and also I notice as well, if I would try not to do this, but sometimes I would have something planned for while the babies were like when Lexi was asleep, when she was little or when Wilder was little, when they were having their naps. 
And I swear yeah. they can sense when you've got something on that you need them to go to sleep for. Or, you know, if you've got a date night and they just decide that's the night yeah. they're not going to bed. Holy crap. <laughs> and I get it. You know, I would imagine I'm presenting with a different energy. There's yeah. maybe a more urgency about me getting them to bed, to yeah. put it mildly. And oh God, that's so frustrating. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. They just oh, feel what's going on. And yeah. Yeah, they know. They're like, you oh, you're it. leaving me. You've got something else as a bigger priority right now. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. I'm not. I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not on board. <laughs> Anna, how about you? What was the reality versus the expectation for you? I think it was. Yeah, I think my reality was probably very different to what I expected. So even with my going into my birth, I wanted things to be, you know, fairly low intervention and all this kind of thing. And then I had every intervention under the sun and resulted in emergency C-section. So that, it just getting my head around that recovery, I had, you know, one idea of, okay. Yeah, it sounds like you had a vision of your recovery track and the actual track you ended up on was very different. Yeah, yeah. And again, being the planner and that I am, it during my pregnancy, I did a lot of work with the a women's health physio to ensure I was, you know, ready for what was ahead of me. So yeah, getting my head around that recovery and, and what would that would be like was was challenging. But I think this whole process, yeah, has taught me a lot in letting go and adjusting to, I guess, mm. the new reality. And then from my business side of things, I guess, even with all the planning that I did, which was still really important and did put us in a really good position, we had three key team members resign. So two of them just before Frankie was born and one the month after she was born. So that meant that, that I was actually... Fucked. Seriously, that yes, is fucked. So, as in, not that they have done it, but the the experience no. for you as a new mom, yeah. you know, that is. You shared this with me as as we got onto this session, but yeah, my heart yeah. just goes out to you. That is so tough. Yeah. So I guess that was incredibly challenging because it did mean that I needed to step back into the business one day a week from when when she was about three weeks old. Thankfully, and I'm just so grateful for this, we had amazing family support. So both my in-laws and and my parents were around for that and my partner as well. So incredibly well supported in that sense, but still really heartbreaking. I think my partner's got a a photo of me the day that I had to leave and and go to work. So what's the photo like? Do you just look really oh, sad? it's awful. <laughs> yeah, I look really sad. <laughs> yeah. And how did you manage yeah. feeding? Sorry, I don't know if you were breastfeeding or formula. How did you manage feeding her? Did you have to go into the office? You had to go to the clinic for the day? Yeah, yeah. So, so breast, I was breastfeeding and pump, pumping. And so then she took she, the bottle. Yeah. So she took okay. the bottle from pretty early on, which was great. And even like the first day that I went into the clinic, I went for a block of, two or three hours and then came back for like the lunchtime feed and then went back in again. So yeah, there was sort of a couple of weeks where I was doing that because breastfeeding was and still is like really important to me. So yeah, we've done a mix of breastfeeding when I'm around, I've expressed, but then we are doing a little bit of formula. Yeah. Because it's a lot to keep up with as well Mm. if you're also trying to manage everything there. So I totally stuffed the bottle up with both our babies. So with Lexi, exclusively breastfed her until she was maybe 12 weeks old. And I was talking to some friends in Ireland. We were back in Ireland. They're like, you should really probably get her onto the bottle just so she's used to taking it. Of course, the child refused to take the bottle for three months. Like we had a training (laughs) program to get her. She finally took it. And then Wilder took it at three weeks. So I was like, cool, that's done. Don't need to think about that. And made the very same mistake again, went back to get him to take a bottle of 10 weeks. And he was like, yeah, no chance. And never took the bottle ever <laughs> after that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So stressful. Bloody yeah. babies. And I, so how did you yeah, navigate think, that, my dear, in terms of, so did you rehire for those roles? What happened? Yeah. So we did rehire. And I guess the, fir- the first one that was the big hit was our practice manager, because again, she was taking on a lot of the things that I would normally do. And it actually took, because it was over that Christmas, January period, it took two months to be able to rehire into that role. So we had our practice manager left in the December and the new team member started in the beginning of February. I think she started when maybe it was Frankie was only a week old or something like that. So I was not actually in the clinic 
when she started, but the rest of the team just stepped up. And I guess in a time when I probably could have been incredibly worried and stressed about what was going on at work, I was really confident in the team. We had all of our systems documented. So her training process and onboarding was really, really quite easy. Like we didn't have any hiccups or issues there. And even though it took a bit longer to hire, she was the right candidate who could just take the role and and run with it as well. So yeah, that was challenging. And now in terms of the exercise physiologist who left, we have rehired now. But again, it took time to find the right people just with the areas that we work in. So oncology and also the women's health, not everyone has experience in those areas. So it's taken a little bit longer to find find the right people. So that's meant I have had to still be in the business a little bit, but come September, I'm stepping back uh, again because the the team will be in place and yeah, be able to look after things. Yeah, we talked about that before we hit record, just around having that almost like that delayed maternity leave that you didn't get to have. And as I shared with you both, yeah. you know, my my experience of maternity leave with Wilder was very different to what I had hoped it would be. I didn't really do maternity leave with Lexi because we went traveling when she was six weeks old. So I never did the mother's group, never did the baby yoga, all those kind of things. So I had this whole vision for this beautiful maternity leave I was going to have with Wilder. And then he was born on early in the morning, on Saturday morning. And we went into lockdown that night. So there was nothing, nothing. So as I was sharing with you, Anna, I do feel a, a level of grief that I didn't get to have that maternity leave. And, you know, he's very, very likely going to be our last baby. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're making that time happen for yourself. Just a little bit delayed. Yeah. And, you know, yes. kind of probably a more fun age, like she's more interactive. She's awake more. You can kind of go ahead with adventures rather than when they're tiny, tiny, like they, well, hopefully, I'm sorry for anyone whose babies don't sleep. Like they do sleep a lot, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> if if yeah. you're kissed by the, the baby sleeping gods. But yeah, I think it's probably going to be a nice time to do it as well. It's over summer. You can be out and about doing nice things together. Yeah, exactly right. Lots of beach time. <laughs> yeah, nice. So I'd love to ask each of you a, a quick fire question by way of wrapping up this brilliant conversation. Thank you. First of all, Elkia, I want to jump to you. So for anyone who is sitting, maybe similar to you, they're sitting in a corporate career, they really want to start their own business one day, but they're really feeling like, oh, but I also want to have a family and this is, you know, it's safe. I get maternity benefits, all, all the things. What would you say to someone who's sitting there in that position right now where they want to start a business one day, but also want to have a family? I would say, and you maybe have heard that, don't wait for it. It's like, I remember back in my corporate role, it was always, I'm going to go to the next deadline. Maybe after that, I will have more time. Maybe after the next project is done, or maybe end of financial year, like that was always a big deadline for us. So I always set my but I'll start a baby once financial year is done. Yeah, like really, <laughs> I was planning like this. I said like, well, in six months time, it would be great because then I've done my qualification. Maybe I'm up for a promotion. So that would be perfect. And of course, it didn't work at all. Absolutely not. So I would say if we've got this passion within you, you don't need to do it overnight. You can start slowly like the idea that I had. And, and that's what I did when, when I was um, pregnant start slowly and go part-time and at the same time on the side start your little side hustle and in terms of family I would really say like don't wait for it for too long because you can't plan pregnancy and you don't know if it's going to happen right away and probably also there will never be the perfect time when you think you can have kids because there will always be a reason why it's not the perfect time right now but the babies come when you are ready and yeah I would say just don't wait for it. Don't listen to the fear. Don't listen to the negative self-talk and all the doubts that you could have, what could go wrong uh, and just lean into it. And yeah, there will always be a way that you figure it out. So if you want to have a business and want to have a family, like there are a lot of women out there who are doing it. So you can do it too. Yeah. And I think there's something potent around knowing your baby is coming or, you know, you want to have a baby and you're starting the business. There's something very potent around like designing the business from day one around that because yeah. you're only ever going to have the dual commitment of, you know, a baby and a business. So I think there's something very powerful in that. I remember talking to a lady called Jackie Maxted. Uh, she was actually used to be married to one of my old bosses and she had built a PR agency and then went on to build a business called Beauty Director and a business called Beauty Heaven. And she had four kids and she said, Lorraine, I never had the luxury of being kid-free, I started my first business when I had my family. So she's like, it's always just been 
how I've known it to be. So I think there's something really, really potent in that as well. Thank you, my love. Yeah. Anna, to someone who's sitting there, they've got an established business, maybe they're going maybe two, three, four, five, maybe even eight years like you are. And they've kind of gotten used to, they've kind of got, gotten a bit used to having their own space and time and agency over <laughs> what they're doing. And But they do know that they do want to start a family at some point. What would you say to someone in that situation? I guess almost a little bit similar to to what's been said. I don't think you need to wait for a perfect time of your business being at a certain point to to start a family. And this is something and something that we've done in Bold Darling is like looking at your values and what's important to you. And if you know that that's going to be something that you do want at some point in the future, there's things that you can put in place and and design your business that way. But also you can get a lot done in eight, eight or nine months. Can't you? It's incredible. Yes. Yeah. My and friend Rashanda though- described it as leaning in on crack when she was pregnant. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I even had like my first trimester, I was really sick and not very you well. well at all. My God. Some of those well darling sessions you showed yeah. up on, I was like, this woman is not okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, like my probably power time was like second trimester, two or three months. That's where I was the most productive and I put most of my things in place. And I guess my other thing to say would be there's always going to be things that will come up in business. And I guess that's when you realize how adaptable and and resilient you can be. But also if you have um, your team in place and you put trust in them and you have the right systems in place, you know, things, things will bounce back in business. I guess if you, I guess people use that analogy of, you know, you may be juggling glass balls. So things like your family, your health, those are the glass balls, but business is a rubber ball and it will bounce back. And you can also have, you know, different variations of what comes back in, in business as well. Love that. So good. I love the glass versus plastic balls analogy. So powerful. And just a couple of things, Anna, that I want to touch on what you said, and it kind of ties back to what Elke was saying as well, you know, because I think as much as Elke, you're talking about, you know, when I get that bonus or end of financial year happens, or I get this promotion, I think in business, we can create those deadlines for ourselves as well, or those milestones around, okay, when I have this person in this role, then I can do it. Or when we hit a certain revenue target, or when I'm off the tools to this extent, and as you've, you know, and I'm so sorry you had the experience that you had, but as you have experienced, Anna, the team members, for example, or the revenue or whatever it might be, they can create a false sense of security. Like you can think, okay, that's it. That's my plan. And then as you've had, you had three people leave, which is, you know, really, really tra- stressful and really, really challenging. But I think what I can see that you did so beautifully is that you were so prepared in many other ways that that's what kept you, kept you and kept the business afloat, that you did have the systems documented like that, which meant that someone could come in, a new practice manager could come in quite seamlessly and just pick up and run with things. So I think it's about that, yet not creating full senses of security around other people or revenue or whatever it might be, because as you said, it can and it does bounce back. You know, I can imagine you must have had thoughts, Anna, when you had your experience when, when Frankie was so tiny going, oh my God, is this it? You know, the 10 years that I've worked on this thing, this business, and then this happens and what, this is it, it's done. And you've, you're such a great example of someone who did have the resources and the, it's like the foundation, there was such a solid foundation in place that you had that wiggle room that, you know, when things like those curveballs happens, that you happened, that you're able to navigate them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And don't get me wrong. Like, you know, when we were in it, it was hard and it was stressful, I can only Imagine. but I think I had the support around me and that's, you know, both as I said, both in family and in business and even just having that your community around you where if you needed to bounce ideas off of or change tack quickly, you've got those people around you. Mm, love that. Thank you. And I think, you know, just reflecting this whole conversation three of us have had, there's this element of controlling what you can control, but then leaving enough space to surrender and flow with whatever does materialize. <laughs> so you <Yeah>. both, both <laughs> shared Is there anything you feel like you would still like to pass on? Anything sitting on your heart that you'd like to pass on to anyone listening about your own experience before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. I think we've said it into, yeah, just like, yeah, plan what you can, but there's going to be times where you will have to let go and it will all work out in the end. (laughs) And I think having that support around you is so key, you know, whether it is business advisor, business buddies, or perfect example for you, Elka, having the doula, you know, just... Yeah. Having those different supports that can help us the different facets of ourselves. And it's a really big transition. 
who was I reading? Someone was saying, it was someone on Instagram was sharing something about becoming a mom. And she said, you know, it's not like I'm allowed grieve for the old me and the me before kids. But I also know that that woman is dead, like she's not coming back. And I know that sounds really negative, but it's not to say that you have to sacrifice everything because you've now got these this, this family, but it's more about the new you. It reforges who you are as a mother, as a business owner. And that will indelibly, it's changed you forever. So it's not to say that you can't still have all the things that are special and make you you, but the essence of you does change. So I think it's knowing that you've got that support around you too. I think it's the biggest transition that any woman will make and arguably any man as well, becoming a dad. So just over-investing in the support and the guidance and the the relationships around you, I think is a really good thing to do. And just knowing that there are women like you who are walking it, you're doing it and it is possible. Thank (laughs) you so much, ladies. Love having you involved, darling. Love that you were so generous with, with what you've experienced here. Thank you so much. And I know that what you will have shared will we'll have resonated with so many women and, and also hopefully created a path of possibility that maybe some people who are listening to, couldn't see before our conversation. So thank you. You're amazing. Thank, well, you. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. There you have them. The wonderful Anna Louise and Elke on when business babies meet, meet real babies. Thank you so, so much again, ladies, for being so generous with your experience and yeah, just sharing so openly about what it has been truly like to, to, to bring the business and baby blend together. You can find out more. I've popped all the details for everyone's businesses in the show notes. So Anna Louise's Balanced Bodies Lifestyle Clinic, LK's Power Body for Life and also Natalie's N21 events. So if you want to find out more about any of those businesses, please just hop into the show notes and you'll find all their details there. Remember that the Bold Breakthrough is happening next Monday, 18th of September. Jump onto lorrainemurphy.com.au forward slash TBB to sign up for your free spot. So thank you so much again for joining this week's episode. As always, it has been wonderful to have you and I will see you again next week. I loved having you join me for this week's episode. Please do connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor and visit my website lorrainemurphy.com.au for tons of free resources and my reading list of all my favorite books. It would mean the absolute world if you could subscribe and share episodes you love with those that you love. Thank you for listening. Thank you.